Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. I'm Olivia, your host, and on this podcast, we will talk about everything related to the journey to conceive, pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, parenthood, and beyond. This is a safe space where birth professionals, birthing people, expected parents, and partners can come on and share their knowledge or personal experiences with our listeners. The goal of this podcast is to create connections, share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Healthy Balance Birth and Beyond podcast. I have Benita with me again for part two of our conversation. Last week, we left off talking about the importance of child-led parenting and letting them be involved in choices. So today, we have a variety of things that we're just going to start hopping right back into with Benita. So let's do it. Welcome back. Awesome. Thank you. It's so good to be back. So we're going to start talking about the fact that children kind of need to be able to explore things and kind of giving them the encouragement to do that. Last week, we briefly talked about how sometimes we project certain things that we would want them to do onto them and the choices that they make in their life, um, but specifically having to do with schooling. So finding what educational path works for your child. So would you like to share some of your own personal experience with that, Benita? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really getting to know our son, AJ, as he got, you know, just even a little bit past, like into toddlerhood, Mm -hmm. it, it became really clear how intrinsically motivated he was. And I think we all are, but obviously there's a really broad spectrum of how um intensely <laughs> le- intrinsically led some kids are versus yeah. others maybe being more open to suggestions from others right. um and so we really started to see that around like 2 two and a half. Okay. we tried a couple different preschools um i mentioned one in the last um conversation it just wasn't right you know it was just too it was too, um, like the expectation was that the children would really be um, very like regulated, like be able to kind of on their own work their way through the structure of the day in that, in that little preschool. And, and so like our son has a really interesting combination of like wanting to be supported and guided and like (laughs) kind of shown what to do, but being like you were talking about in, in the introduction to this, like being given choices and options so that it feels very much led by him, even though there's like guardrails, obviously, of an adult who's, you know, things like keeping people safe and understanding how to interact with people in terms of being respectful and thoughtful. And like, those are always things that are a part of our day, but we really started to see this like connection to creativity I would say mm-hmm. for our kiddo in particular, like he's super creative. He's incredibly funny. He loves anything to do with like performance characters. And then like some of the more like, you know, traditional things that, you know, I don't want to make it gender specific, but I've seen this as a surprise to lots of moms with boys, like trains and cars. And it's like, oh, we didn't even think that that would be a thing. <laughs> and then Legos later on. And, and I'll get into some of the things um, as he's gotten a bit older. But 
oh, okay, these are the things that really excite him, that totally engage him. Like he could sit and play for quite a long time on his own as a, a little one mm-hmm. if there were trains and cars and like building blocks involved. Yeah. Oh, okay, amazing, right? So we found a preschool that was much more open. So we very quickly took him out of that first one. And we were talking about this um, in our last conversation, like listening to yourself Mm -hmm. and listening to your child rather than feeling like, oh, well, we've paid for this or we've committed to this or, oh, we need to teach our child grit or like sticking something out. Like at two and a half, nope, really actually ever, nope. At least in my opinion, like in my really humble opinion, I have found when we honor what we're seeing in terms of a reaction from mm-hmm. AJ, when we're like really seeing like, oh, this isn't aligning for him and, and believing that, mm-hmm. like believing them, oh, th- this is not aligning for some reason. I thought it would. Oh, I thought it would be that. And if we continue to project that on, right. I think at least in our experience, there's been way more tension the longer we've tried to like stick that out if they were leading with our beliefs versus his. Right. And I feel like I'm sitting here again, nodding along with everything that you're saying, because it's so true in regards to like every aspect of like raising your child, but it's very important when it comes to education. But for example, like we, when we go and see family or that sort of thing, like a lot of times people will be like, Oh, go, go see auntie X, Y, and Z, go give them a hug, go give them a kiss. Like, we're not giving them a choice, you know, like people need to have choices and you need to teach your kids that they have a choice growing up or they're just going to grow up thinking that they don't have control over anything. And so it like, and even thinking about like what my daughter plays with, like people will ask me, Oh, what's her favorite toy? What's this, that? And I'm like, she honestly just likes to play with everything. That's not a toy. So I don't really have much guidance for you in that, in that regard. Like she'll play with toys when we're, elsewhere sometimes but then she'll go on and she'll do something else and they'll be like oh you need to come over here and I'm like no I mean she's just playing she's exploring she's never seen that before so rather than like again like you said like putting them in a situation where you're like oh you just have to stick it out even if it doesn't work for you especially when they're that young like yeah watching that and realizing that and it takes I mean it takes work on your part to be like okay this clearly is not working for my child like why would I want to subject them to more of that? Let's find something that aligns with them. And it's clear that they're happy and excited to do these things. And honestly, I feel like when you do that, you're not only aligning with your child, but you're also aligning with yourself and like what you, yes. what you feel is best for them. And it's going to make everybody feel good. Well, that's that. It, it, I didn't have words for this when AJ was little because mm-hmm. I came into like a very, um, much more like expansive spiritual awakening for lack of a better word three Mm -hmm. years ago when he was seven but prior to that it would be these moments of realizing when I'm like allowing play when I'm following his intuition and lead but then it leads to me Mm -hmm. feeling more in alignment too because where there isn't that friction oh there's more flow oh this just feels like from a sensory intuitive perspective does this just feel better for like us as a unit. Right. Oh, yes. And then trusting that rather than the mind coming in with and conditioning and voices of all the other influences in our lives mm-hmm. coming in to then maybe have us question what's actually feeling better. Like go with what's feeling better. Right. And that has become probably the most simple pointer for us as a family, like pretty much every day. Yeah. Every day. And it's, <laughs> it's, 
it's interesting to me that like it's not it's not funny like I was about to say it's funny to me but it's interesting because it's like it's I feel like there's so much like pushback on that like well I would really love to do that and I would really enjoy to do that but I should be doing this and if our kids are seeing us saying that and watching us like do those things kind of like what we talked about in the last episode when you switched jobs and AJ looked up to you and he was like mom I'm so glad you did this like they pick up on that they see that they feel that and also just like surrendering to what feels good like it's just it seems to make so much logical sense that it's it's silly that more of us are not doing that you know yeah there's so much conditioning out of that or you know all of the things that could be that could be seen as like not trying hard enough or not you know a word that came to mind when i was thinking about this conversation was sort of like more punitive systems or consequence-based systems that we tend to be yeah. you know raised in to to show us um a that there are consequences though i think that that is a highly overused <laughs> um <laughs> dynamic right of course there are but there are for yourself if you're out of alignment with yourself and yes. that is the most important nuanced place to play and learn about consequences is just like is this true for me or not true for me and have I been given the space and the tools to be able to communicate and then like start to trust that or that I can communicate clearly about what my desires and preferences are and Mm -hmm. okay they're not always possible right and they don't always happen and so yes how can I learn to handle that like like handle things that come my way that aren't my preference but maybe see what that was perfect for see what I can learn from my desire not being met in that particular moment right like you can create some like nice space around that to be able to process that and we work on that with with AJ a lot but that it ultimately comes from a place of like inner truth and inner knowing for both the parent and the child. And sometimes those are two very different things. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where now that he's 10, we're getting more into this space of like, wow, he's got some really cool interests that I'm just like not interested in at all. How do we find a space where like he's doing that and maybe I'm doing something else. And then we come back together for things that we are both interested in. And so there's, there's compromising, there's negotiating, there's learning to like, again, live, like respectfully and thoughtfully with one another being individual beings following your interests and excitements while living in the same home and doing that in like a thoughtful and respectful way. Yeah. While you were saying that it kind of just, I I started thinking about, um, I've heard the term like defiant a lot when people are talking about their, uh, talking about their children, like as their children are growing up, like, Oh, they're being very defiant today or, they just they're not listening or they're doing their own thing but a lot of the time if they're playing and doing something that they like and they're enjoying and they're having fun and then you come in and you're like okay well we're gonna go do this instead of (laughs) instead of talking to them and like getting down on their level and maybe like being like hey are you having fun doing this do you want more time doing this okay but again like I just I don't like the word like defiant because imagine if you were doing something as an adult and you were enjoying it and you were loving it and you were having a great time. And somebody just came in and was like, okay, we're all done. We're going to go do this. It's yeah. just, it comes back to like giving them that choice, like giving them that mutual respect. So they grow up understanding, Hey, I have a choice in things 
Like yep. I, I can't imagine being in the middle of doing something that I loved doing and having someone come over and just be like, okay, we're all done. Let's go. Um, like, obviously they're going to be upset about it. And then, then there's that Absolutely. Whole, whole conversation about, oh, well, they started throwing tantrums and X, Y, and Z. I'm like, but you're not thinking about how it's impacting them. Like, yeah. Like why? Like what led to the tantrum? Right. And we absolutely had to get to that place because there was that period of time in the, around two, two to four, you know, when there's more individualism being expressed, there's that sense of independence being developed. And so having what isn't your preference happen, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like a big, you know, um, expression of unhappiness about that that happens. And like traditional, again, so this is the punitive piece I was talking about, like traditional timeouts and things like that did not work for us at all. Yeah, There was no connection to that timeout having anything to do with the unwanted behavior, for lack of a better word. Right. Even that, like all of it right now, like how our worlds have evolved in our house. <laughs> so much in the last three years in particular but over the 10 years I'm like oh like but we didn't know like we were like I think this is just what you do when you're like okay there's an unwanted behavior there's a timeout so everybody can cool down and Mm -hmm. maybe the child then learns that that's like unwanted and there's another way did not work at all like it just made everything worse they would go on forever it was just like that in and of itself was another harm right it wasn't taken as like oh here I can sit on my own and calm down so those were abolished very quickly and it was about holding space while he was upset and like being with him and holding him and hugging him and then talking through it Mm -hmm. and then starting to learn where the root was right and it was it was oftentimes too quick of a transition okay where did we transition too quickly rather than including him talking with him And that actually led to our finding of the next preschool. Oh, yeah. I would love to hear about that. I'm sorry. I kind of went off on a little tangent. Well, no. I mean, it's all interrelated, especially in that time. You know, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, now we're learning more about, excuse me, who you are in these settings outside of the home. Like we didn't, there were no stressors prior. And now engaging with other people in other settings and dynamics created different stressors. So we were like, oh, or different like inputs especially from a sensory perspective that, Mm -hmm. right, we just hadn't had before. We were like, oh, this environment creates different responses. Mm -hmm. So we found a wonderful woman with an in-home preschool, and she was, you know, very, very highly educated, but more than that, like, just empathetic. Mm -hmm. Like, so whatever works for each child, and of course, the health of the dynamic of the group that's together, but like, if AJ wants to just like walk around the room on his own, find his own things to play with for the first like couple hours until we come together to do a project or eat lunch or go out back and play, which he always loved to like be outside playing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like she's like, he can wander and do what he needs to do to feel safe in the space. Mm -hmm. And then more and more she would find places and ways to engage him that felt safe for him. And that felt I think from like a sensory integration perspective, just from where he was developmentally as a kid, like too much group stuff with a big group of kids was just way too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's like individually who he is. Right. So she was totally open to like not every kid having to do all the things at the same time and like sort of behaving in a certain way. And that description right there. I was just going to say. Generally what's expected in any 
larger classroom setting from preschool on. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with um, my friend yesterday about um, just like traditional schooling, um, kind of like we, we touched on it last time, but just expecting kids to do things like right when they're supposed to do them in quotation marks and that they should be doing this at this time and they should enjoy these things like I feel like everything in general just needs to be more individualized, but specifically when it comes to kids and like them growing up and them coming into their own, like not every kid is going to want to be part of a group project, kind of talking about introvert, like being an introvert versus being an extrovert. Um, You kind of have to let kids maneuver their way and figure out what works for them because expecting them to just do these things that we have essentially been conditioned to do through society is crazy. Um, it is. And it's, we're not even, we're not giving them the choice, the opportunity to explore what they like, explore what they enjoy. And then obviously there needs to be some sort of structure. We're not saying just go run around and we're not going to pay attention to you or what you're doing, but just letting them explore, like kids need to explore and, and not just, not just imposing like this is what you're supposed to do with like those blocks here's how to do it we have to let them i i don't know if we talked about this last time but i remember um i was reading something that was talking about when you show a child something for the first time let them explore it like if it's a new toy um or even like just an everyday household thing that you have like an oven mitt for example Sure. Like letting them explore it, letting them figure out how it works. Because if you give it to them and show them exactly how it works, you're taking away that learning opportunity for them. And yeah. that, I had never thought of that. Like I really That's had beautiful. never thought of it. That's really, really beautiful. I, I like, I'm just sitting here, like kind of filing through all of the experiences we've had, <laughs> even some recently. And it's like, oh yeah, there's some different tools that have come into the house recently. Um, AJ's been really interested in building his own models of things um, and related to like certain implements in video games or like different, you know, aspects to some of those um, stories that he's really engaged in. So then he's like, oh, well, well, I want to build it. So then he'll find a YouTube video on how somebody else has built it with like stuff from the hardware store. Yeah. And then, you know go through the, the steps of building it, right? So there's all these different tools and stuff in the house. And yeah, it's like how much can he explore those aspects on his own? Some of the elements have required like power tools and things. So then <laughs> so then that's where the like the safety piece comes yes. in. But right, like up into that point, how much can there be like, again, this like intrinsically motivated child-led exploration mm-hmm. Until, of course, you're like, okay, well, this is where we have to talk about safety or this is how this is used and an adult does need to help you, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, that was the first key for us to see like kind of more of what did work for him in an education setting. And the other thing I wanted to talk about is like looking at the end goal Mm -hmm. as a society in terms of education, right? Like big classrooms of 25 kids plus working their way through a curriculum and in a particular structure was really implemented in like the 1920s, like as classrooms grew as like, you know, we're going through that era of like industrialization and um, assembly line Mm -hmm. and like everybody kind of needing to learn some basics, but then like one track going off into manufacturing and 
the industrial age types of jobs and employment that are available, and then the other smaller track going off to higher education. Mm -hmm. And now that system has continued to be somewhat the same, except there is a plethora, there is an infinite way you can earn an income, create circulation financially in your life, Mm -hmm. create things. You can do it independently. You can do it with small groups. Mm-hmm. You can do it with big groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can continue to work, you know, in along the manufacturing track, or a, a billion other ways to mm-hmm. express yourself professionally in the world. And that I think is where now education, at least from like a public school, and even like some private schools and charter schools, perspective is still based on on this older model. When the way in which we can be generating income and abundance and circulating through the system yeah. <laughs> has infinite expressions now. And I think this is really being brought to the forefront as there's more schooling that's going to be happening from home for people in various mm-hmm. different forms and iterations, you know, as it has been this spring, but going into the fall. And then for more people just making that individual choice for their children. Right. And so we went down a long path of like from pre-K to like first grade was a, we tried public school, class sizes were just too big. Mm -hmm. It just became really clear, like more one-on-one, like AJ was so comfortable and so happy when he had more one-on-one interaction with a teacher, an educator, a person really just Mm -hmm. one-on-one with an adult was like fantastic. So we found a brick and mortar school with a very, very small class size, six kids in a class and pretty much equal adult, like various different types of teachers. There was probably five or six of them in the room at any given time as well. And it was amazing. It was amazing at to a point. We were in that school for two years and this was in New York City. And we realized at the end as we were planning on moving. So mm-hmm. now I had gone through this big awakening. I had quit my full-time job in corporate America in the advertising industry. AJ had started noticing that I was in, able to engage more in who he really was and his freedoms. There wasn't the sense of like, well, we need to have you in a school because I'm working full-time and dad has his business. And like, there wasn't that sort of <clears throat> more practical need for like the workings of the family, which right. really does come into play, right? Like that's a yes. huge piece. Like how does education and where a child is educated work for the whole family unit? And when there's multiple kids, that's, you know, AJ isn't only, so I'm, you know, only have that experience, but completely honor those who have multiple kids and the needs for each child is different. And how does that work for the whole family unit? Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge consideration in all of this, but are like, practicals changed. Like, oh, I'm not away 12 hours a day at this job. I can really see what's developing for you in this type of environment, even though this one is better. And it's like been one of the best that we've had so far, but we started to see that their end goal was ultimately to create this like really safe environment for all of the different ways that a child, you know, needs and wants to express themselves, but still keeping them within the framework of a traditional school schedule. Mm, And like, having the child become more and more like regulated for lack of a better word within that, like how can I manage myself within a system that's requiring me to be on a particular schedule and do things at a particular time, even though I'm really loving doing this and I don't want to stop doing it. Okay. Mm -hmm. How can I create sort of like the emotional bandwidth to be able to like 
shift when the schedule is making me shift, not when I necessarily intrinsically would like to shift, right? right? And we saw that they were ultimately trying to, because it's such a small school and it was incredibly expensive and we had to go through a whole legal process for him to be there, like super intense, that the ultimate goal is to have them move out of that environment and into a less restrictive environment, Mm -hmm. like a brick and mortar public school again. Right. Oh, well, that we came to realize in our last few months, they're like, well, that's ultimately not our goal for him. So what's our goal for him? And then as we looked at Richmond and we looked at moving to Virginia, we became aware that there was online public school here Mm -hmm. and we could school from home with a curriculum, with teachers, because that part was not intrinsically motivating and exciting to me. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those moments where it was like, okay, I'm excited about schooling you from home. Dad and I each have our own businesses now. We have the flexibility to be your guides. Mm -hmm. I can do two and three days a week. We switch off. Wednesdays. So I do Monday, Tuesday, my husband does Thursday, Friday, and we switch off Wednesdays every other week. And then the other days of the week, we focus on our own businesses. So we're like, okay, we have the flexibility to that and want to do that. Like want to see what schooling from home looks and feels like for Mm -hmm. you, buddy, (laughs) for a kiddo. And I'm not interested in developing my own homeschool curriculum. Yeah. Like I was like, so how do we figure that puzzle out? And then we started to do some research on like what other kinds of like online schooling or remote schooling are available. There happened to be free online public school here in Virginia and we applied and went through the process of learning about that particular, right? Cause it's its own system and structure. So it's definitely got probably some more rigidity than mm-hmm. AJ would ultimately prefer. But again, it's one of these, like, this is where the nuanced dance of like what works for the whole unit comes into play. And so we, and we've, for all intents and purposes, there's definitely certain aspects of it, like that he would want probably to be, you know, more free. Like there is state testing because the entity itself to be, you know, supported (laughs) by the state public education system needs it to adhere to those state tests as like a way to have some metric of it being successful. Mm -hmm. But that's been actually a fascinating thing for him to learn too. And he's gone to a community college. They do them offsite at like different educational institutions where they can have the space. So he's gone offsite to a, you know, community college and walked in that building and sat down in a computer lab and taken those tests and left feeling really proud and like empowered. Like, oh, I've walked into a community college. Okay, I see what that's like. Oh, I've gone into a computer lab. Okay, I've seen what that's like. Okay, I was able to sit and take that test and it was just a thing. But we, have zero um, expectation. Like we don't, the number doesn't matter (laughs) or doesn't matter to us. Like it's an experience rather than labeling it something Mm -hmm. that has meaning attached to it that could um, shift how our son as like a whole human being would view himself. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's how we really look at all of this stuff. And we've been so blessed to find teachers in this system that 100% are like, yeah, like these are the aspects that we need to adhere to, to be in compliance as an organization in this state. But like, do we look at them as like a label or a marker in terms of like how we see your child? No. I'm like, great. I don't either. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. While you were sitting talking, I was just thinking about, I completely forgot about it, but I was talking to um, one of the families that I used to, I babysat their kids when I was younger, much younger. And, um, 
their mom was talking about how before their daughters were going to college, how stressed out they were in high school. Like, so, so stressed sure. out to, like, to the point where one of, like, her daughter's, like, hair was falling out. Like, she was so stressed out. Sure. And so, like, that was long before I was even married or pregnant or anything. And I just that's when I started thinking about like the different educational paths that we can do. Like, again, like you said, it depends on like what your work dynamic is. It depends on how many children you have, what your flexibility is. But it just got me thinking about how there are so many different avenues that you can go about with education. And I think it's important to consider that. But a lot of the time in our society, people just automatically are like, okay, you like you're just gonna go to school like they, it's just like that's just what you do it's not even like yeah. we have this option to potentially homeschool or to um like you were like you were talking about have the schooling be online with your son and he's still able to be home and he's not at school all day long in a very specific structure but he still has structure and yep. like you said like figuring out how that works within your family dynamic and how it works for everybody I just feel like it's just like so much of like a like a healthier option for everybody involved because but specifically for children because all the pressures of like like you said like testing and that sort of thing like kids feel that so so yes. strongly and that like I I remember going to school and feeling those things like when we had to go take the SATs and we had to do that and I like me personally testing with other subjects was fine, but when it came to math, I think I said this last time on the our last episode, yeah. like math was just not my forte. So I would go into it being like, okay, I'm not going to do well at, at this. Like the, I'm going to fail this part, you know? And yeah, there's already like a mindset belief yeah. about how that experience was going to go for you. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like even like looking back now, like I feel like if I had more individualized time with the teacher, like one-on-one -on -one time, like I feel like I could have thrived in, in certain environments, you know? And so thinking about that and your own personal experiences growing up, like I feel like we need to give our kids the opportunity to explore what's going to work best for them and also paying attention to that as their parent and seeing, watching that and seeing how it unfolds for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm really, really loving what you're sharing because I think so many people have just not thought about these things, you know, because it's just what yes. we grow up doing. There's so many options and that piece, like, and I, it was a little bit overwhelming to me. Like I did look into like more traditional homeschooling yeah. where we would have written a letter to the department of ed and said, we're, you know, withdrawing our child. And there were certain criteria you had to meet. You had mm -hmm. to show a portfolio of work, et cetera. So that the department of ed knew that this young citizen in their <laughs> district was doing whatever with right. education. But Barring that, you know, there was that option. And then there's complete, you can still create that portfolio of work, but completely unschool, you know, which is a, a term mm -hmm. used for, for various different forms of not having so much of a structured curriculum that the parent creates or whoever you, you know, there's also like coaches and educational um, experts who can create this stuff for you as well that you right. can hire, which I looked into actually having like a, unnatural schooling so that's another term being used where it's really child-led it's very much about like nurturing emotional development mm -hmm. social development interaction with others um there's world schooling 
maybe world travel right now is not something that's available to people, but up until right. very recently for people who had internationally based jobs or, tra or just desire to travel a lot and could be digital nomads in their business. I've got multiple friends who have had some form of world schooling as part of their homeschooling curriculum. So they might homeschool for a part of the year and then travel mm -hmm. another part of it and like learn about Greek mythology and go yeah. to Greeks. No. <laughs> you know, that's not available to everybody, but for certain people who have travel as part of their p potential professional, you know, yeah. system and structure that's available. Like there's just all these different ways. And then there's a multitude of different types of systems related to existing schools and structures, yeah. right? So like which one is right for each child? And that's what's been really interesting to see as being part of this online, you know, virtual school, public school is seeing the, there's a Facebook group. So I get to kind of get a little window into some of the other parents' lives and, you know, people with multiple kids, one prefers brick and mortar. So they're in the local brick and mortar public school. Another prefers the online public school and mm -hmm. another one's doing like a form of natural schooling or unschooling or homeschooling or whatever. And it works really well. The online schooling works really well for kids who have a very intensely focused passion, mm -hmm. whether they're in sports, whether they're training for you know, like something like gymnastics or skiing or whatever, you know, where they're like intensely training on a schedule that doesn't allow for them to really be successful in a public school schedule. Right. So there's all these different ways to think about like what, aligns best for my child mm -hmm. um and that has just been like every step of the way and i'm so grateful to aj like i'm so grateful to my child for being this type of being who is like no these systems and structures don't work for me please find another way and mm -hmm. it's opened my whole world and my eyes to honoring like honoring a being honoring a person and that is so much of our day is about that like will have a certain set, you know, um, course list, mm -hmm. <laughs> like we, you know, to kind of move through what's required to be compliant in this school, we mm -hmm. need to do these courses today, but like, which order, when do you want to take a break? I always like use the description of him, like in his shorts, rolling around on the floor, eating a rice, crunchy rice cake. <laughs> that feels awesome to him while we're doing spelling. Yes. Like we're going outside. We have chickens, like going out to the little chicken, Coop. field and like they're walking around and they love to chase him and like pe like peck at our feet and mm -hmm. so they'll do that while we do spelling so we do spelling with the chickens or anything to keep it feeling funny and open and free mm -hmm. and very much he being a part of that decision making so all of these options are available to people um, and it can feel scary I also always mention support mm -hmm. so you know, reaching out to a friend who's maybe done something like this and taking in information and like take what works for yourself and leave the rest mm -hmm. because there's going to be pieces that other people have done. So we were talking about this in relation to pregnancy and just having an infant and having a young child, right? Like everybody mm -hmm. has advice. Yep. <laughs> and everybody kind of wants you to do it their way. It's the same with schooling. People get super passionate about what has worked and what hasn't worked for them and they want to share that obviously from a place yeah. of being helpful, but sometimes it feels like it's sort of being imposed what somebody else has done politely hear it all and just only take what works for you and your child and leave the rest. Yeah. When, when you were talking about like all the different ways to school, like for schooling, um, it's interesting because I feel like I'm like, Oh, you can do all those things. You know, like I, there are still things that I have to learn and 
I think some people would be like, oh, well, like that sounds like too much for me. Like, I'm not sure I would like to do that. But yeah. I was going to say, like, do you have maybe we can include it in the show notes, just like information on the different types of schooling so people can look at it so they can just check it out and they can learn more about it in a way that's not like you have to do this, you know, like this is Absolutely. what you talked about. Like, here's homeschooling. Here's natural schooling. Here's did you call it world schooling? I think you said yep. Yep. world schooling. So just I think we just need people to provide options and show like show what these options are. And again, like you talked about, like, does this align with my child? Does this align with me? Can I make this work? Can I figure out a way to do something that's going to ultimately benefit my child, make them happy, and in turn, will do the same for me? Um, that's right. Like you said. So I think just, I think that's what it comes down to in general is just people having these resources and so they can educate themselves and become knowledgeable so they can make an informed decision. And instead of feeling, yeah. instead of feeling the pre like the pressure of, I have to do this, this is the only option, you know? That's absolutely right. And that there are overwhelming moments in all of this for sure. Absolutely. When we were coming to that place of like, huh, public school's not working. Okay. It doesn't feel aligned for our child. And we don't want it to affect his sense of self. I think yeah. that was really where we, even at five, six years old, we were like, oh, this is starting to create a belief about self at this age that we do not want to be like, um, imprinted. It felt like something was starting to be imprinted that was not true mm -hmm. about him, but the system was creating that belief. So we were like, okay. And in that moment, of course, there was a ton of overwhelm. Like, yeah. so then where? What do we <laughs> like, do? Okay. What do we do? Yeah. So then it is that process of asking for help. Mm -hmm. And it's so also we're conditioned to not ask for help. Mm -hmm. Sadly, so sadly, it has been like one of my biggest superpowers from getting sober onward, learning that asking for help, surrendering to like, I don't know, and I don't have to know because I've never done this before. Mm -hmm. So why would I think I should have to know? Like we're so conditioned to believe we should be good at things and know things before we even know them. Agreed. <laughs> and Agreed. And them. I should just know what to do now. No. <laughs> any should. Any any sentence that starts in our own heads about should anything is 100% very likely misguided. Right. <laughs> so we can stop, right? And be like, okay, no, I shouldn't know this. No. I don't know this. Ask for help. Okay. Hey, which expert in my current environment might know somebody who knows somebody? Okay. And then you follow that breadcrumb trail. Right. And then you start to get more and more information. And it's a day at a time. And then something becomes clear. And yeah. it's like, oh, this. And then that intuition that we've been talking about all along the way, when that leads, like, oh, this just feels, there's a sense of relief. Yeah. Like this a, feels lighter for mm -hmm. this, for us. This feels more aligned for our child. Oh, they seem excited about it. When AJ went and visited that small school in New York City, the, he left and he's like, I love it there. I want to go. Aww. Go again, like listening to that. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that didn't mean he didn't have some, you know, hard days there. We all have hard days wherever yeah. we are. There's, you know, we're pushing an edge. We're learning something new. They were requiring different things of him, right? But for the most part, you know, more, more days than not, he wanted to go there. And so like following that lead okay and that feels good for all of us oh there's a relief and a sense of like oh this is aligned for now mm -hmm. and then school from home it's been the same thing he just said mom this summer is so boring i'm actually looking forward to school <laughs> <laughs> and i was like dancing around i'm like look at one of the perfect like what is 
this coronavirus summer perfect for? Being grateful for school. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, because my days, like there's so much then in my day and I'm so busy doing all these different things and learning. And I was like, so, so you're, you, you're, you are grateful for it in the absence of it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how cool. So yeah, it's, and then every step of the way I've found new resources, experts, help when I don't know something, it's like, who can I reach out and ask for help? And I think that's the biggest piece of this. So yes, I will absolutely create a list of, you know, references, websites, people. There's a couple different podcast episodes, actually one of my favorite podcasts where various people talk about their different forms of schooling, whether it be unschooling, world schooling, homeschooling, Mm -hmm. um, and a few different websites and the website to the overarching entity that, um, does this public schooling in various different states. Um, so yeah, I'll create a list of references. That would for be sure. awesome. I so, so appreciate that. And I'm sure everybody who's listening along will really appreciate that too, because that will give them a look into everything and help them out. Um, and I know that one of the last things that we wanted to kind of dive into was, um, like creating and being of service in the world with your child and like including them in your work. Um, so yeah. I'd love to hear you share some of your own personal experience with us about that. Um, because a lot of the time, like I re- remember growing up and also just like seeing kids interact with their parents when their parents are doing something, they're like, oh, go do this. I'm, I have to work. I have to focus right now. And yes, there are times where that happens where like you have to be able to get work done. But I've noticed that like when you include them in what you're doing, whether it's working, whether it's baking, whether it's cooking, whether you're building something like they want to be a part of it. They want to understand what you're doing. They want to understand why you're doing it. So I'd love to hear you chat with us about that. Yeah, it's been such um, you know, there are these like pleasant surprises, for lack of a better phrase, in parenting where like, and after it happens, I'm always like, of course, of course, they're watching, mm-hmm. of course, especially our behavior and our emotional state, as we've talked about multiple times, like how I am engaging with something and then how I feel about that thing. It's like so powerful as a young person to witness. And I remember going to work with my father and I know I could feel like I have a real strong sense memory of him feeling proud. Like he was proud of the work that he did. He was proud of his company. He was proud to have me there. He worked in like elder care and senior homes and senior, you know, nursing homes Mm -hmm. and centers. And so I would go and engage with the elderly people there. And like, there was a real sense of learning and all of that for me. So I remember that like more specific, like going to work with your parent. Right. And there's a lot of those, Mm -hmm. you know, take your kid to work day type of um, uh, experiences in the current systems and structures for sure. But how powerful in this time when more people are working from home and their children are getting to see a little bit and maybe hearing, like overhearing a phone conversation Mm -hmm. or overhearing a Zoom meeting or asking maybe some more questions because they see more of their parents' day. So I think that that's going to be incredibly impactful. And then also for kids to witness how much can be done remotely Mm -hmm. is super empowering even though it's so hard for people right now having full-time jobs and then trying to guide their children's schooling full-time. You can't that, I mean, from us splitting it up the way we do it is the only way we have found for it to feel like it's balanced. Mm -hmm. We technically, we've been able to create enough circulation where we're both making sort of full-time money, but working half time and spending the other half of our week on our schooling. So 
that's been a part of our designing our radically loved life, mm -hmm. which anybody can do. By the way, you can create your own systems and structures that work for you, both financially, but more, more importantly, I find from like an emotional health perspective and flow mm -hmm. for your family. So I left my full-time job. AJ made that statement about like, mom, I'm so glad <laughs> you quit that job. Mm -hmm. And then I started you know, I, I was working with coaches. I didn't know what I was going to do next. I was still interviewing for a couple full-time jobs because I think my mind needed like to know that that was there. Yeah. <laughs> that I could, you know, I was very employable. That was an option. It was sort of the plan B for my mind to right. be quiet. Um, the like safer, more secure option that I knew at that time. Mm -hmm. But out of spending some time on my own and a lot of yoga and meditation, which are things that just open me up. I started dancing again. I'm a professional oh, yes. ballet dancer originally, right? So I started taking dance classes again, which I hadn't done in like 20 years. And it just like opened up this whole part of my like sense of self and creativity and truth. And out of a deep meditation, a couple of months into this, into that summer of 2017, my own business, Create Radical Love as a coaching approach, a platform, a way of working with people out of this thesis that I had that love was missing from creative businesses like out of the advertising world that I experienced, but it's across business in general, which we're coming to find on multiple levels has never been about love and taking care of people. It's been about profit um, in the very capitalist system from its from the founding of this country, mm -hmm. particularly here in the U.S. Oh, okay, I'm going to create this. And I started to create, I started to write it out. I started to build a website. I started to talk about it with AJ. Like, I'm going to start my own company. And he was like, what <laughs> cool you know, like that like oh that's a thing like you can see the little wheels turning mm -hmm. and then we were in the bathroom one morning getting ready for school because he was still going to school but this time my husband and I could just both switch on and off what worked for our businesses and take him and pick him up and spend all these different types of time with him mm -hmm. we were getting ready one morning and he looked at me in the bathroom and he said mom I'm so proud of you for starting your own company mm-hmm like what? <laughs> wow, you're really watching this. It was after he had seen the website and yeah. he could some see something like very visually um, representative of a thing. Like, oh, you'd started this thing and now it lives on the internet and it has a place and it's a website and this is the way you work with people. Mm -hmm. Oh. And I think I did a first podcast interview or two in the early days of starting the company, um, one with my coaches because they had their own podcast. And he was like, oh, you're doing podcasts? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're talking about this to people? Oh, and like each time I do a talk or anything, you can see, oh, this is this is a way. Mm -hmm. This is a professional path. This is a way somebody is of service in the world. Right. And then the most like <clears throat> beautiful or like co-creative moment for us in this, and because he's such an independent spirit and so unbelievably creative in his own right, as I saw this happening and knew who he was, I was like, oh, this totally shows him a very tangible career path. Mm -hmm. That's what How, however he expresses himself. Yeah. I have no idea what that will be. But, oh, you can make something on your own. Mm -hmm. That I was like, oh, this is like a very powerful, tangible option yeah. now that he sees it available and sees somebody actually doing it. So again, we're walking home from school, I think this time holding hands. And he says, mom, because he knows I was doing a lot of meditation and I was like doing some talks and, and teaching some workshops. And he said, well, mom, I think we should teach meditation to parents and kids. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, if you could see me, you'd see my like eyes get wide and kind of look at him like, whoa, yeah. Like 
totally feeling that in my heart and like, well, that's an incredible idea and sort of the surprise, right, that this yeah. comes from your child and you're like, oh, that's really, that feels really aligned for both of us and exciting, right? Following our excitements, following our transit, intrinsic like desires yeah. and alignments. Okay, absolutely. So, so we start, keep walking and I'm like, well, what would you call it? Like, what would we call it? Like, would you have a name for it? And he, we walked a little bit further and he said, meditation for people big and small. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, he's very good at naming things. He's always been really good at naming things in like a very creative, sweet way. And I was like, oh my God, yes, that's it. So we now teach a meditation class. That is amazing. We just taught it to one of our corporate clients and like a group of their associates um, who work for that organization. We've taught it to like groups more of like friends and families and clients of mine who have kids where we come together where we did in person in Brooklyn. And now we're actually going to be doing our next zoom version because now he's learning how to teach over zoom. So cool. Um, and he co-teaches it with me. He yeah. leads certain parts. He talks about his experience with feelings or meditation or what types of meditation he likes or the different things we've tried. So we keep it really open and really loose. Kids can move around, walk around, leave, come, go, eat snacks, play, do whatever. There's like no rules. There's mm -hmm. no sitting in Lotus and like back upright for <laughs> a period of time. There's none of that. It's really about understanding mindfulness and meditation on that level, like just accessible for all people. And so he came up with that. So then that, so I put that on the website and he was like, oh, with a picture of him meditating. <sighs> and I'm like, you know, see, so he's a part of it. He's yeah. a part of all of this. And then the teaching of the um, meditation for people, big and small, when that happens. And, you know, again, he's just aware of all. He comes into my, you know, office space here all throughout the day. He'll say hi to clients. He'll see me on, you know, big calls, one-on-ones, whatever it might be. And all of that, I know, is just sinking in. Yeah, I was going to say, like, listening to you talk when you were talking about how you went to work with, did you say your grandfather or your father? My father. Your father. Your, when you were talking about that, like, I did the same thing, whether it was with my mom or I actually went to work with my grandmother. Like, you see them in this environment where they're working and they're proud of it. And then becoming a mom myself, like, I want her to see that you do have all these options to work, that there are so many different ways that you can go about doing it. And some things work great for certain people and some things work great for other people. But just so they know that they have this opportunity, that they can make it, create a life that they love, create a job that they love. And in turn, everybody is going to be happy. Like it's made me even more motivated to be able to do these things from home so I can spend more time with her so she can see that this is an option. So growing up, she doesn't think like, oh, I have to do this. This is because what everybody, like not everybody, but a lot of people within our society do. So that's right. I love that so much. And I can't believe he like helped you start a meditation. That is so, so sweet and so cool. Like he, he sounds like the coolest little, the coolest like little kid. He's not little, he's 10, but, um, that's just amazing. And I love that you've shared this with us and have shared your own personal experiences and what has worked for you. And I feel like this is going to, going to be such a valuable conversation to everybody listening in May open people's eyes and allow people to be a little bit more open-minded about what the different options are and really taking into consideration what works for your child. And then in turn, how that's going to like, kind of like a domino effect. If your child's happy, they're doing something in school that aligns with them, whether it's in schooling or just in life in general, like we were talking about child-led parenting, because if they're happy in turn, like 
you guys are going to find a middle ground and you'll be happy. So everyone in the end ends up happy and it impacts your family dynamic in in a wonderful way. So I just so appreciate everything that you've shared with us. Um, And I just wanted to see if for this episode, if you had anything that you really wanted to leave listeners with before you go. Yeah, I think the maybe an exercise or activity, like just a really open suggestion, like nothing heavy, but just doing a little writing. Mm -hmm. If there is any of those tension points in the family, right? Like if there's something that I've been wanting my child to do or a way in which we've been feeling like this should happen, whatever it's about, whether it's about like friends and socialization, whether it's about, which is one last thing I want to mention too, but whether it's about, um, schooling, of course, educational path, other, you know, activities or interests that maybe were really strongly there for a while, but are now waning. And there's the like, oh, I don't want them to stop that, whatever, but just writing down, like, who are my kids? Where do I see them right now? What do they really love the most? Like, where are they most motivated and excited? And maybe if they're not right now, allowing that to, like, maybe they just need a time of rest where we don't do a lot of activities and then see what's born from that empty space, but just like if it's one child or multiple children, like writing a little paragraph about each one to see like, where are they? Mm-hmm. And and if there's some gaps between like what I want versus what they want, how can I maybe step into more of where they are and then see how that goes? Because all of this is an experiment. Mm-hmm. One of my very close friends would talk about that. She had children older than me, which was awesome and super helpful to see how she was navigating things with like teens while I had a little one. And she was like, it is like the most grand science experiment ever. And to look at it, you know, obviously it's, you know, it's there's a parent, you know, relationship and responsibility. That could be a whole nother episode <laughs> on how much society puts this expectation of responsibility on the parent relationship with child, like, or the parent label, mm-hmm. especially in the United States, because we don't have a lot of social networks and systems and structures in place and like free childcare and things. So there's, mm-hmm. and, and universal healthcare and all that stuff. So each parent has to make so many decisions about their child's health and well-being from the very beginning. That's quite different than a lot of other countries. That's a whole other episode. I would love <laughs> to talk about that. another episode. I'm excited um, for it. <laughs> so doing that, I think just having like a, a little like journal writing, type it out on your computer, whatever feels best to you about like who are, who, who are, who's my child or who are my kids and like what if I just lead with where they're going right now and trust that and experiment and play. And the last thing I wanted to quickly mention when we were early talking about, you know, various different forms of education and potentially not being in a brick and mortar or like more structured environment with lots of other kids. The main question I get from everybody when I say that we're doing that is what about socialization? Yes. And people say it from a place of fear. Every time I'm asked, oh, oh, that's amazing. That sounds awesome. But what are you guys doing about socializing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it comes in from this really like, I need to check to make sure that your child is actually getting that time. People. Yep. Like, that was my husband's first question when I started talking about it too. It's 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 so conditioned that mm-hmm. like there's something terrible that's going to happen to children if they're not in these like larger environments with children. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can't tell you how much it's not an issue. <laughs> like <laughs> at all. If anything, we are getting to pick and choose the environments in which he is socializing. So there's zero bullying. 
Mm-hmm. AJ has never experienced bullying. He's learned about it. We talk about it. It definitely came up because there was a lot of that education in his public school. So he right. learned about it earlier on. Right. But and like so many parents, especially in the online school, use it during the middle school years. Mm-hmm. They specifically take their children out for middle school during that really like uncomfortable uncomfortable developmental time where kids are not particularly nice to each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's something that we need them to learn. Like mm-hmm. I think there's like an argument for like, well, that's kind of a rite of passage and kind of need to learn. No, mm-mm. that can be like a that. real taking care of each child's time as they move through that very uncomfortable period of like raging hormones and not knowing who you are. <laughs> and so how could you pot- Inter- interact in a healthy way with each other during that time right. it, and unless you can learn that really right. closely with your family and we have him engaged in a bunch of different activities he's engaged in acting he's engaged in a coding class he's engaged in different um play dates scheduled play dates and things with friends so he's seeing lots of other kids during the week it's just not you know the same big group of kids throughout the day as you would have in, you know, brick and mortar school. And so, and he's socializing with us and he's socializing with other adults and there's huge value in that interaction as well. Um, So I just wanted to quick throw that in there because that the mind comes in when a a person is thinking about potentially homeschooling in some form. Right. What about socialization? Because we're so conditioned to ask that question. And I just wanted to quick get that in there. No, I'm beautiful it's totally fine it's not an issue it's just believed to be an issue yeah (laughs) no and I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is the majority of the time people's first question is about that and there are so many different options that people just don't know about so the more that they know the more comfortable they will become and that fear will go away so um I just wanted to thank you so so much for coming on and chatting with us for two episodes and the knowledge that you share with us, the experiences that you share with us. I am so grateful for myself because my daughter is younger than your son. And I'm just glad that I have these resources and I'm glad that we get to share them with everybody. Um, So you are an inspiration and I so appreciate you chatting with everybody and sharing everything with everyone. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for creating this space and this platform to share it. And um, yeah, it's been a privilege and honor to be here with you. Yeah. Well, we, we can come back and talk about that other episode that you were talking about before. So I will email (laughs) you after this. Um, but thank you so much listeners for joining us. Um, we will be sharing all of the resources for Benita in the show notes today. Um, we shared them at the end of last episode too. So make sure you check that one out if you haven't just yet. Um, I hope you guys all have a wonderful day and we will be back next week. Thank you so much.